Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps, featuring Spotify, but of course we'll see how that goes. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back and with you once again today. The Minnesota Vikings did host the Kansas City Chiefs and unfortunately come up short in a, well, a good defensive effort for the most part. Offensively, we can get into that very shortly. 27-20 in U.S. Bank Stadium. The Vikings are still winless against Patrick Mahomes. Can't stand the Chiefs? I don't blame you. I don't. I can't stand them either. Honest to God. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but well, they're four and one, and the Vikings are one and four, zero oh and three at home this year. A far cry from last season. Of course, things ended in a disaster at home against a mediocre to below average New York Giants team, which is very much below average now. So the Vikings continue to lose home games, dating back to that awful, awful playoff game uh, early in 2023. So it's been a very terrible 2023. In a lot of ways, it kind of like uh, 21 was bad after the, or excuse me, yeah, 2020 was bad after the 19 loss to the 49ers, and 18 was the same thing after the great 17 run, and so on and so forth. Whatever. Kirk Cousins had his nice, cute numbers and everything. Once again, you get the nice numbers. He didn't throw an interception, which is good, but you always kind of get this nervous, you know, nervous, can't make the big play when it matters most type of vibe from Kirk Cousins. Patrick Mahomes was making the big plays, this and that. Again, I'm not a fan of Patrick Mahomes. Sorry, I'm just not. I mean, a lot of you like, uh, a lot of you didn't like Tom Brady just because you didn't like him. You know, you decided he's not your guy. Well, Patrick Mahomes is that way with me. It's just the way I'm approaching it. Mostly because I don't like the way the Chiefs carry themselves, blah, blah, blah. Especially he who shall not be named. Luckily, she who shall never be named is not, well, was not in the building. So we didn't have to get that forced down our throat during the entire game. So, something to be thankful for going into October. Um, Kansas City Chiefs, of course, gave the Vikings numerous opportunities to come back and win this football game, but this Vikings offense continues to be inept, continues to fail uh, in golden opportunities. One thing, well, I'm not even going to get into it. I don't want to jinx the guy, but, uh, yep, I'm going to keep really quiet about that. Um, Jordan Addison, obviously, really nice game today. At least I'd have to say. But, I don't know. Um, it just felt like there were so many plays left on the field. And the typical comical beginning of these football games, most of the season this year, be it the first play of the game, the first drive of the game, a golden opportunity at the goal line, in Justin Jefferson's case, everybody's underachieving this year on this freaking Vikings offense, except maybe a Jordan Addison and occasionally... Alexander, uh, Alexander Matter, yeah, he's underachieving too. Occasionally, Kirk Cousins doesn't underachieve. He's just kind of the same old story as far as I'm concerned. Where he's above average, he's kind of a Pro Bowl level quarterback, but he's never going to be at that elite level. It's just not going to happen, and it's too late now. It's too late. Uh, that ship has sailed. He's not a, he's not a legend. Okay, so we can like that all we want. Um, he's just not. Uh, but. The comical approach, the comical side of this whole thing is the opening play of the game to tight end Jordan Oliver. Okay, well Jordan Oliver's been Jordan Oliver's been a, a great blocker. I mean, one of the smartest guys on the team. My God, what a great addition! Fumble after a 15-yard gain. Yeah, last week on the Giants, Christ, he ran 65 yards. This time he fumbles the ball. What the hell? What the hell can you do? 
After that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Well, yeah, the Chiefs get the ball in Vikings territory, get down the field 40 yards and score. It's comical. It, the, I just feel like it's a prank on Minnesota Vikings fans. Dare we call this episode the Purple Pranksters or Purple Pranks or something like that? Or the Pranksters themselves? I don't know, but it feels like Viking fans are being pranked every single game. Great drive against the Eagles. Everything looks great. Justin Jefferson finds a way to fumble out of the bleeping end zone. Call it a stupid rule, but they all know the stupid rule uh, still exists. So you're going to have to abide by the stupid rule and stop being stupid and fumbling the ball out of the end zone. Just, Just who's the stupid one here? Anyway, if you already know the rule, then watch out. Damn it. But guess what? Yeah. So, like I said, even as far as I'm concerned... There are players up and down this roster that have dramatically underachieved this year. Dramatically. Starting, obviously, with TJ Hawkinson, who I think is looking like the most overpaid tight end in NFL history. That's what he's starting to look like. He looks pathetic. Right after this huge, uh, well, this this hold-in, as they call it, because he's not holding out. He's at the facility, what, playing playing uh, Call of Duty or something? I don't know. He wasn't playing with the Vikings. He wasn't practicing. Um, I don't know. Kirk Cousins certainly isn't the same guy he was last year. He's Back to being nervous Kirk and, oh my God, and panicking and making dumb, you know, making dumb decisions or overthrowing people at the wrong time despite having a great game here and there. There's that big overthrow. There's the underthrow. There's just the overall inaccurate pass that happens here and there. Um, I honestly think Justin Jefferson isn't as good this year as he was last year. Did I just say that? You better believe it. Justin Jefferson is not as good as he was last year. It's like a virus that's in the entire offense of the Minnesota Vikings right now. It's a virus. Like, it's all of them. Alexander Madison's not even close to what he was the first couple years of the Vikings. He was one of the positives on the team. Like, okay, you know, hey, he's hanging in there. He's still a relatively young running back. He's reliable. He can catch some passes. Not a great blocker, but but who is, right? (laughs) But, yeah, he can get some of those first downs, isn't that... Now he's just a mediocre, at best, running back that's like, that's the guy? What are we doing here? What, what, what is it, some kind of joke? And then he fumbles like eight times or something. Well, no, he, he fumbled a lot, though, in the first few games of the season. And, well, he isn't fumbling as much, but he isn't doing a whole hell of a lot else. 3.3 a carry. Uh, Cam Akers only three yards a carry in this one. Certainly not as smooth and valuable as he was in the previous game. I don't know. It's a weird game. Uh, T.J. Hoggetson, you look at his stats, and it's like, oh, yeah, not bad. Yeah, but he dropped so many passes that could have been huge plays. But that's the point. Make the damn play. And I was tweeting it and such. I believe I got some responses. Of, of course, I got like at least one or two uh, from Dave Martin along the way, which is wonderful. <clears throat> K.J. Osborne's not as good as he was last year. Uh, focusing on Brandon Powell in that late drive just because he's open, okay. But he's like an undersized, mediocre fourth or fifth receiver. On uh, most teams in the NFL, that's great. Um, <clears throat> yeah, KJ Osborne, it just feels like it's a panic out there every time. Um, I don't know. It's a panic to get the ball. Maybe he's just wrong place, wrong time, and then there's a, or it's a bad throw by Kirk Cousins. But last year, it felt like anytime the ball was thrown in KJ Osborne's area, something good was going to happen for the most part. And it's like, oh, he's, he's emerging. He's going to be one of the more valuable guys for many years to come. Might even be a number two receiver for this Vikings team as, uh, you know, Adam Thielen ages and, and moves off into the sunset or, you know, has a little renaissance in North Carolina or wherever else. 
Should have went to the 49ers. No, I don't know. <laughs> That's flashing on the screen. Of course, this was the second group today, so the 3.30 game. So we're having Sunday Night Football right away in the first segment. 49ers in Dallas. Epic. Finally something really cool to talk about here. <laughs> Epic. I mean, I get to see the 49ers and hopefully beat the Cowboys. Nice face mask. There it is. There's the flag. Anyhow, back to where I need to be. Um, yeah, focusing on Brandon Powell, that was very lame. That was weak. But, uh, yeah, Josh Oliver fumbling the opening play. Um, I believe that was TJ Hawkinson a couple of weeks back, fumbling on the opening play. And then again throughout the day today, dropping passes that were very much catchable uh, if you're a great player. God, that was a really bad face mask. Jeez. Jeez, that's dangerous looking. Anyhow, um, no, I mean, yes. They're not plays that just anybody can make. But if you're wanting to be the highest paid tight end in the league, just like the you know, like like the clown on the other sideline, uh, who parades himself like a fool all the time. Maybe not as much today as in other games. Maybe he's calming down a little bit. I don't know. It didn't I didn't it didn't he didn't irritate me as much today, but yeah, a little bit. A little bit later in the game, but that was more of the refs on that one. Um, Hawkinson wasn't making the plays that great players are supposed to make. He just made kind of the routine kind of plays. Like, okay, it's thrown to him, and he caught it, and he gained a few yards. All right, good. At least he caught it. But there were the big plays that could have been made that would have possibly changed the game. He realized we lost by one score against the defending Super Bowl champions at home. We lost by one score. So, I mean, plays like that need to happen. We only scored 20 points against the Chiefs, and yet kept them to 27 which tells me there is one person, I think, who is the true MVP of the Minnesota Vikings. It's not KOC, that's for sure. Or I don't even like to say that name. I'll, I've told you a million times as to why. It's a politician, or it sounds like a politician that uh, I'm not a big fan of. We'll leave it at that. Um, is it Jordan Addison? No, too raw. Is it Justin Jefferson? Nope. It's not Justin Jefferson. He cost us the game against Philadelphia, and He's had some amazing moments, but he's also just, he's not been as good as last year so far. That can change. That can change. Justin Jefferson might end up with 2,000 yards by the end of the season, but he sure as heck doesn't look like he's anywhere near that now. So, not sure what to say about that. Obviously, he appears to be banged up as well, unfortunately. Um, there is that. Um, yeah. Who is it? It's obviously not the head coach. It's definitely not Kirk Cousins. <laughs> It's not, well, sure as heck isn't any of the running backs, though Cam Akers might end up being the better of the group someday. We'll see. K.J. Osborne? No, he's worse than last year. So where does that leave us? Well, the defensive side of the ball. Um, Marcus Davenport, well, he's played two games. It's a little early. Daniel Hunter hasn't been visible enough to be the MVP. Harrison Smith, of course not. He had a great game last week, but and he was good today. But is he the MVP? No. The MVP of the team so far this year... <clears throat> at least in my point of view, is not a player. It's Brian Flores. And I think it is. I think Brian Flores has uh, has been <laughs> using a, a defense that has aged players, underachieving players, uh, players that just aren't that good, this and that, uh, and, and a couple of decent ones here and there, but obviously super inexperienced ones like Makai Blackman and such as well, and uh, Cam Bynum and all them. Um, that are and uh, what's the other guy? Uh, Caleb Evans, guys like that, that have their moments, but they're obviously really raw. Uh, Byron Murphy Jr. has been meh, you know, for the most part, in my opinion. It's Brian Flores. He's the MVP. 
I think he's taken a defense that really isn't that good and turned it into something respectable at times. Uh, you can keep the Chiefs team down, Chiefs team down to 27. That's pretty impressive. Kept the Vikings uh, absolutely made uh, Carolina look stupid last week. And obviously a rookie quarterback isn't going to look like a genius in his first year. Um, but still, he's kept the Vikings in games in a lot of ways. It's the bleeping offense that's let us down in a lot of ways. Obviously, the Vikings defense has let them down as well, giving up tons of yards against the Eagles and such. But still, the overall scheming and, uh, you know, the whole mindset of the defense under Brian, Flo- Brian Flores is night and day compared to last season. So he is the MVP of the Vikings through one quarter of the season, which is, you know, one quarter used to mean four games. Now it's like four or five or whatever the heck. So we'll just call it their first quarter uh, report card. What do you give certain players? Uh, TJ Hawkinson's getting an F. He failed. He has an F for, his, for the first quarter. Sorry. He has a right to improve that. He just might get an A in the second quarter. Though I truly doubt that. Kirk Cousins, yeah, I'm just going to kind of pass these out to like notable players, not like the whole damn team. Uh, Kirk Cousins, B minus. B minus. Obviously, he's had some awful moments. He's had some good moments, but that's about it. Alexander Madison, <laughs> at best, uh, a, a, a D minus, but I'm going to say F. Alexander Madison, F. So, nope, D minus. He's had some moments, so he'll get a passing grade, but he'll be one of those students that's like, Whew, I'm underachieving. I got to do better. Justin Jefferson, are you ready? B plus. Yeah, people might be like, what? He's not an A plus? Uh, no, he's not. At absolute stretch to the limit best, he's an A minus. He's not at the top of his game. He hasn't been all season. Sorry. I'm being honest with you. Um, though, again, he's had moments. Okay, but <laughs> obviously I, I, I can't let that fumble go. I'm sorry. And not only that, he's had... There were plays that that were on that were left on the field. I'm sorry, in this game today, there there were. Um, so those are major notables, of course. Harrison Smith probably like a B. Jordan Hicks, I think, might be an A minus. He might be the MVP so far this year. If you're going to name a player, it could be somebody like that or a Josh Metellus who's had some huge moments. Obviously, great hit during the game on uh, that guy. Uh, Marcus Davenport's been a revelation. He's been absolutely wonderful since uh, finally entering the lineup. So hopefully, he can stay healthy. In games played, Marcus Davenport's an A. But for the overall season, missing those games and taking so long to come back, that brings him down to a C. And that sucks. But he's had an A the last couple of weeks. An A. It's been pretty good. Um, Diddle Hunter's like a B- minus at best. He's, he's been visible, but not that visible. So, I don't know. I'm not ready to fork out $35 million to him either. With that said, um, yeah, this is an underachieving football team. And it feels like they're pranking their fans as well. Wow, San Francisco's not pranking their fans, are they? They, they look like an A-plus franchise. Not only their, their legendary helmets, their legendary uniforms and all that, and the, the five Super Bowls they won way back in the day. I think they're ready for number six. I think it's time. It's time for San Francisco to bring home that one, since it's probably not going to be us. If you think the Vikings are going to win the Super Bowl this year with the way with the way we've been bumbling and fumbling and pranking our fan base. I'm not so sure you're I'm not so sure you might need to see the doctor, I think. No offense for for a checkup who might ask you a lot of questions. Kind of like the people on the TV right now in these commercials. I'm not so sure I'm all that impressed either, but that's for my business. You don't have to agree with me. <laughs> Nobody's li- nobody knows who I'm talking about. Just some of the commercials are oofta. 
I'll leave it at that. Um, Vikings are oofed as well. 100% attendance. What a shocker. 67,000 uh, fans in the game plus. So that's nice. Unfortunately, there were a lot of red jerseys and all that. And there were a lot of times during the course of the game, thanks to pretty good defense and Travis Kelsey being banged up as well. Oh, boo-hoo. Um, that they were kind of standing in stone silence at times. Last year's Vikings team probably would have won the game today. Probably. If last year's Vikings team had Brian Flores. If. It would have been a way higher scoring football game, most likely, if you had Donna Shell's defense out there. <laughs> it would have probably been, maybe the Chiefs would have won like 41-37 to 37 or something like that. Because, yeah, I mean, the our offense would have been better. We would have been overachieving or playing close to overachieving levels compared to the year before anyway. But the defense would have gotten torched uh, even with uh, even with the clown uh, missing like a quarter or two of the game. So clown 87. But there, I guess right now there's two clowns that were 87 on the field today. And they made sure to embrace and all that. Good game, yeah, whatever. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, um, yes, right now, so far, T.J. Hawkinson is joining the clown show at the moment. But, um, yeah, hopefully T.J., but T.J. has the right for that to change uh, within a week and have a fantastic rest of the season. It could happen, and I hope it does. could happen, and I hope it does. I'm, I'm not rooting against T.J. Hawkinson. I'm just giving you an honest assessment with what I've seen the first five games of the season, and I'm pissed, to be quite frank. And I'm sure most fan base... Most of the fan base is also pissed off at what we saw. Um, we got to see a fake punt in the game, which a lot of us greatly appreciated. Fans were booing because uh, the Vikings were converting fourth downs in the game, which was great. You know, they were they were they were good plays. Kirk Cousins made some really good plays in the game today. Was he bad? No, Kirk Cousins wasn't bad, but he was just above average for the most part. He was missing on some plays. He didn't turn the ball over, which we appreciate. Uh, there is a lot of that ob- obnoxious check down. Uh, side to Kirk Cousins as well, but when it was like fourth and two in the midfield, you know, midfield basically around the 50-ish, and the fans were booing <laughs> KOC, I said the name again, Kevin O'Connell, I'm so sick of that initial thing, Kevin O'Connell, <laughs> for not going for it, and it's like, it was just in the back of my mind, the minute that punt team went on the field, he's going to fake the punt. That's the one good side about Kevin O'Connell as you know, he's another guy who's massively underachieving this year. At best, he's a D minus so far. Kevin O'Connell, the guy all of us would have given a straight up A. Maybe not an A plus, but an A last year. An A minus at worst. That's how good Kevin O'Connell was last year in a lot of our minds. This year, he's like a D. D to D minus, maybe even an F in some of your minds. I'm not ready to throw in the F, but I'm going to put, it's going to be a D at best. Um, but I like that. That was one thing I liked. That was one of the one of the few moments of the game that I was like, go Kevin O'Connell. That was awesome. Um, ended up being a handoff to Ty Chandler, who scampered for 15 yards. Unfortunately, Ty Chandler wouldn't get the ball the rest of the game, which, uh, you know, I don't know. It's kind of disappointing, to say the least. So, but I guess, what do you expect? What do you expect? The creativity of last year, gone. Um, the... I'm just not sure what to think. Uh, some of the get cute plays still there, which are which aren't good. But the overall creativity isn't there. Uh, but at the same time, again, the players are, yeah, it's just a big prank. I mean, I, I keep coming back to that same word. It's a big giant prank. Um, extremely questionable and frustrating calls. The first half of the game, it felt like the Vikings were getting a lot of solid breaks. Uh, the, the the Chiefs were getting 
snake bit for the most part, but they were good calls for the most part, and it felt good. This, uh, I know I'm freaking biased, but I don't mean to be. I don't mean to be biased. They were generally good calls. The, the, the Chiefs were kind of making mistakes. They were getting penalties, this and that. Generally good calls. In the second half, um, where the ball was ripped out of, uh, I believe it was Metellus, ripped the ball away from uh, Travis Kelsey, and then next thing you know, they say no. It's forward progress, first down, blah blah blah. You know, it's 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 over. You know, it's it's over. And obviously, a lot of us were beside ourselves. We couldn't believe what we were hearing. Um, uh, Sideline catch along the way that a lot of people thought was not a catch ended up being one, though. Um, that was extremely frustrating. <sighs> Oof, that was a tough one. Like a you know, those the, obviously keeping the toes in bounds. Apparently, I guess it was a catch. I'm not sure what to say about that one. A lot of people insanely frustrated with how that went about. Um, what looked like an obvious pass interference call um, ended up being ended up not being one. And a lot of us couldn't believe it. And then Kevin O'Connell was flipping out about the helmet coming off number 38. Of course, uh, one of the star defenders that would be a Sneed of the uh, the Chiefs. And um, yeah. <laughs> that just kind of had us all in stone silence. Like, I can't believe what's happening here. That wasn't pass interference, uh, you know, committed against uh, Jordan Edison. I, I I guess not. It was some kind of offset play. It just, I was just kind of in stunned silence. Uh, Kevin O'Connell wanted a call because, and I was surprised when Snead took his helmet off. I was like, really? Like, it's, it's like, he's like literally just like saying, here, you get the ball and a penalty, and then it ended up being none of the above. So that was really strange. The Chiefs took over. Uh, Vikings still had plenty of time, though. Plenty of time after another decent stop by the Flores defense. Vikings had plenty of time, over a minute. No timeouts, but over a minute. Pathetic clock management. Once again, pathetic. Not as bad. <laughs> Not as bad as two weeks ago versus the Chargers. That was, you know, like, you're all fired, go home. Go home, you're fired. Just go. It was that bad. Like, go. <laughs> whereas this week it was better but still execution just wasn't there plain and simple balls weren't being caught guys weren't open enough but plays were left on the field throughout this entire game offensively and defensively multiple interceptions that should have happened in this game two plays that should have been intercepted in the game um, heartbreaking to say the least Makai Blackman had an interception absolutely had one and it just bounced off his chest and, and out of his hands and all that like really man it's like, yay, it was a pass deflection. It was awesome. We appreciate it. But then, oh, come on. you got to be kidding me. That was really catchable. And then was it uh, Bynum? He should have had that one too. Should have had it, man. Bring it in. You should have had it. Bring it in. It would have changed uh, It would have changed the game. Like, how do you not catch that? It would have changed everything. Next thing you know, the Chiefs marched on the field and scored uh, their last touchdown of the game in that third quarter. Uh, the Vikings keep the Chiefs down to 27 after that, but only muster a single touchdown. Uh, it was a, a momentum-changing point of the game that ultimately ended up winning the game for the Chiefs and losing the game for the Vikings, along with poor execution offensively after that, outside of the one good drive, which we appreciate very much when Jordan Addison was able to get in the end zone. Once again, only a 16-yard long for him in the game today. K.J. Osborne did have the longest gain of the day with a 27-yard catch, but still five catches and only 49 yards. And again, plays left on the field. Plays left on the field. 
There was a play that should have been a touchdown and ended up being a field goal. Thanks, Thankfully, Greg Joseph has been very good this year. <clears throat> Jordan Addison. Yep. Six catches, 64 yards. He led the Vikings in receiving because a certain other guy was just, I don't know, he left plays on the field. I've, I've said that a million times in this show today. A million times. Plays left on the field over and over and over and over and over in a game where you could have beaten the best team in the league. It would have been a huge momentum uh, you know, boost for this team, for this franchise, particularly in today's game for the most part. Um, it would have been a huge momentum boost, and none of it happened. It's just they, none of those plays were there. They were all left on the field. The multiple interceptions that were absolutely interceptions that should have been caught. And then the third one that should have been an interception as well, or a fumble, excuse me, with Travis Kelsey, ended up uh, not being a fumble. That was overturned and given back to the Chiefs. Oh, man. Heartbreaking and disappointing. Insanely frustrating. With that said, dare we uh, move on to the awards? I think I've blabbled enough here. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty emphatic second segment and I'm going to be jumping on and moving on quickly into segment number two here now that it is time for segment two already for the sake of time here uh the Fran Tarkington award of this episode mm, I mean Jordan Addison's definitely a candidate Kirk Cousins statistically is Davenport another another nice game Davenport's way up there I, I just really liked what Davenport did Metallus great moments as well uh, it's got to be on the defensive side of the ball. Marcus Davenport and Josh Metellus are going to bring in, you know, I mean, Hicks, I think, is a candidate every every dang week, so honorable mention for sure. He, he has had an awesome season for this Vikings team. He was decent last year, but I think he's been much better this year. Davenport and, yes, Davenport, welcome to the Vikings. Three pass deflections, no, three quarterback hits. Not pass deflections, but three hits on the quarterback. Definitely gave uh, old what's-his-name a hard time over there for the Chiefs. Um, Davenport and Metellus are going to bring in the Fran Targeton Award. The Christian Potter Memorial. Mm. Oh, I mean, that, that could go to defensive players as well for not bringing in those uh, interceptions. Honorable mentions are going to go to both of them. It's like an, an urban legend how you manage to not bring in interceptions defensively that are right there, left on the field. And the best, there no, excuse me, the most expensive tight end in football, not the best, the most expensive tight end in football can't bring in those big plays either on the other side of the ball. How All that can happen in the same game, and you only end up losing by seven to the Kansas City Chiefs, the Yuck City Chiefs. Yuck, yuck, and yucker. Um, I'm so frustrated with TJ Hawkinson, I'm, but I'm going to give it to both him and Josh Oliver for that opening game fumble, for literally taking a you-know-what all over the Viking fans, and the just the whole moment of the game, taking a crap all over the field on the first play of the game. Josh Oliver and TJ Hawkinson, step it up. Let's go. Or it's gonna be uh <laughs> or it's gonna be Johnny Munt's gonna be the the Johnny Munt's gonna be the, the starting and main tight end all week next week. I'm just kidding. Um, but anyhow, yeah, both of the tight ends are gonna bring it in today. So I'm sharing them just like uh, the Chiefs were sharing with us underachieving in the game, but also, again, great defense by Flores and all that. Um, defensive scheming and everything. And putting these players in position to be successful versus uh, being in position to not be successful like last season. And so far, the offense has felt very unsuccessful outside of the one good rookie we have in Jordan Addison. Thank you very much. 
With that said, we'll take a quick break, and I mean a very quick one, and come right the frick back <laughs> and talk about the Bs, and of course, obviously, all the other games this week, including the San Francisco 49ers, who are already up 7 nothing. as I'm wrapping up segment one. And just like that, we're right back here for segment number two <laughs> to talk about the uh, current week and all that. It's a lot of fun, Lottie bleep and uh, the Bears. Obviously, it's funny how that was a Thursday night game, and you know, uh, yeah, they they overachieved, and they actually looked really good last week as well. It's funny, the very first game that was played for the whole week, Thursday night football, will be the last game I'll be talking about. We're also talking very little. I'm not going to waste too much time on some of these bullcrap games. New Orleans 34, New England 0. Is there anything more I need to say about that? Absolutely not, other than shut the heck up to this. I did it again. Sorry. I forgot to turn the sound off again. But anyhow, all you need to know is 34 New Orleans, 0 Patriots. Okay, Derek Carr, decent game, blah, blah, blah. But just generally speaking, the number one conversation about the New England Patriots right now is that Bill Belichick needs to get out of his needs to get off of his uh, high horse and let go of the GM, you know, the player personnel side and let somebody else manage that side and just coach. Like, why do you need to be so power hungry at this, especially at this stage? It's not working out. It's, it's, it's not working out. And I'm a huge Belichick fan. I mean, huge, huge Belichick fan. Did Bill, was Bill Belichick a, a huge reason why the New England Patriots won all those Super Bowls? Yes! Tom Brady didn't even look good against the uh, Los Angeles Rams in their last Super Bowl appearance. That was Belichick that won that game. Yes. So anybody that's like, Brady won the whole thing and Belichick's uh, yeah, being exposed as a fraud, BS. They both needed each other. They both absolutely are reasons they won those championships. They are both the Jordan and LeBron James, not Jordan and Pippen. There is no Scottie Pippen here. It's Michael Jordan and LeBron James or Michael Jordan and Will Chamberlain or whoever the heck you want to say. Gretzky and Mario Lemieux. It's it's at that level. It's at that level. Gretzky and Mario Lemieux, the two best hockey players of all time, arguably. Um, Connor McDavid, no, not yet. Win a cup first and and win another one, and then we might start talking. (laughs) So, yep, hockey. Hockey's definitely on my mind as hockey season's starting, and check out Brave the Wild, a brand new season preview. I'm also starting work on Timberwolves Explosions season preview. Tanae Brown and Vince Germano, huge shout-out to you guys. Yes, I have started working on it. I, so, a minor update. Yes, I've been recording the, uh, or I've so far recorded the preview part of the season. Anyhow, the Saints kicked the Patriots' butt. So, I talked way longer about that game than I was expecting. But, whatever. Um, the two teams that could have possibly, there was rumors about either one of these teams possibly moving to England years ago. Especially the Jaguars. Maybe it was the Bills that were possibly going to move to, the Los, to, to Los Angeles. Lucky for the Bills, and for, in a lot of ways, the city of L.A., they just got their old team back, the Los Angeles Rams, and then years later, they actually won a freaking Super Bowl in Los Angeles, not in St. Louis. So, yeah, I didn't cheer for them. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't didn't cheer for them against the Patriots either. 
Um, nope, Bengals and Patriots any day over the freaking Rams. Jacksonville Jaguars, back to playing better football again after kind of a mass start to the season. Trevor Lawrence did not drop any of that uh, grape jelly on his on his uh, on, on the table or on his on his nice new shirt or anything. Kind of like <laughs> the other number one pick uh, for Cleveland, Cam uh, was it Baker, Baker Mayfield? Cam Bakefield? Cam Bakefield? Cam Bakefield. This is that's why I don't edit out some of my silly statements because Cam Bakefield sounds kind of funny, doesn't it? Why would I edit that out? It's funny. Plus, I feel fake if I'm just going to, oh my God, I'm going to edit every mistake I make. Why would I do that? Radio hosts make mistakes. We're, you know, why do you want to turn it into like a machine of a podcast? And why does Travis Kelsey have to be in every single... Com- he's on Experian. He's on... Uh, what's the other thing? Hy-Vee. And there's another one. Oh yeah, uh, State Farm. What the heck? He must make more money doing doing ads than... Uh, yeah. Than playing football. What's next? He's going to be in the Modelo commercial too? Oh my God. He is in more ads than any athlete right now. That's weird. Jeez. But yes, the whole point that I was trying to make when I talked about Baker Mayfield was Trevor Lawrence didn't have that obnoxious interception thrown in. Otherwise, Travis Etienne Jr. in England, jolly old chap, with a couple of touchdowns, I always imagine Travis Etney Jr. with a British accent because of that name. I don't know why. It's the Etney Jr. Had a couple of touchdowns, so he felt right at home, even though he's probably not from there. 136 yards on the ground with two touchdowns. Definitely the best game of the season so far. Calvin Ridley, the former uh, Falcon, which might help you for Immaculate Grid, you know, some days of Jacksonville and Atlanta, but obviously most of you know who Calvin Ridley is, I'm sure. Um, even Etney Jr. with... Uh, 48 yards receiving. Great all-purpose yardage day for Etienne Jr. And the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars beat a Buffalo Bills team. Impressive. Robbed the Bills to 3-2. and two. Jaguars jumped to 3-2. and two. Josh Allen with that annoying interception, even though 359 yards passing. Lawrence very efficient, though. I mean, you know, for the most part, anyway. Um, yeah. Not a great day, but certainly good. Step on, step on step on Diggs with 121 yards and a touchdown. Gabe Davis 100 yards and a touchdown. Good for him. A.J. Espenza who's obviously very valuable for the Espenza. Uh, no, it's not an S. Espenza. That's different. It's like backwards than what I'm used to. Him and Leonard Floyd also had two sacks. Both of them had two sacks in the game for the Bills. So but, yeah, I mean, yeah, Lawrence was sacked five times, Allen zero. You'd think the Bills would win that game. Nope. Anyhow, let's keep moving. Indianapolis Colts, another win for the Indianapolis Colts. And this is without their, their uh, what the heck am I seeing this for? I'm getting an error message? you got to be kidding me. How dare you? Gardner Minshew, well, yeah, Anthony Richardson played, but has shoulder issues. He's turning into... He's turning into old Big Ben, where he was like every couple minutes, up. Oh, Big Ben's out with a shoulder, up, oh, he's back, now he's out again. I kept getting ESPN updates, like with Sunday night or whatever the heck. It was like Monday night and Thursday night, because I was at work in a lot of those. Um, yeah, I remember those. It was like every couple minutes, up, oh, out again with the shoulder. Anyhow, <laughs> the Colts beat the, uh, the Titans. And uh, neither one of these teams, yeah, Indianapolis did not play in Houston, but it seems like these teams play every week. It's like weird. These teams play each other often. 
and of course they do. But anyhow, <laughs> the Colts are now three and two. They're looking a little better this year, aren't they? And the Titans continue to be kind of mediocre. One week they're really good, the next week they they stink. Except for DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins with 140 yards. I don't know. It's back and forth. Zach Moss. Who the heck is that guy? 165 yards and two touchdowns? Impressive. Impressive. Instead of Jonathan Taylor. And, and this is after signing his new contract. Jonathan Taylor rushes for six yards and uh, six carries and 18 yards. Wow. Isn't that always how it works? Get that big contract and then... Da, da, da. Let's just play Super Mario Brothers. Da, 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 da. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Zach Moss looking like Randy Moss as a running back. Amazing numbers. Let's keep moving. Colts win. Colts win. Colts win! So now we go to the Brown Bowl. The Brown Bowl. Nope, this is not the Brown Bowl. This is the Black and Blue Bowl. This is not the Brown Bowl. Steelers versus Baltimore Ravens. The two black and bluest as black and blue teams can get. And the Steelers are looking more and more and more and more like a team that might squeeze into the playoffs. They frustrated the hell out of the Ravens in this game. Uh, and eventually took the lead. It was a very, very, very low-scoring game. What was it, 10-8 to 8 for like an extended period of time? Um, and then uh, ultimately the Pittsburgh Steelers just kind of started to, the Pittsburgh Steelers just kind of rallied. And they took advantage of uh, mistakes by the Baltimore Ravens and ended up winning the game. Um, the Ravens' defense looked so good in the first half. Steelers in the fourth quarter, though, just kind of took over and said enough is enough and uh, score 14 points and take care of business in a very frustrating game for uh, Lamar Jackson. Strip sacked on the final play of the game for the Steelers to celebrate and uh, say, yay, we did it. And they did. Uh, George Pickens was picking the ball out of the air with 130 yards and six catches with a touchdown, including a 41-yard uh, play. Kenny Pickett, another Pickett and Pickens. Rolls right off your tongue, doesn't it? Kenny Pickett to Pickett to Pickens. Wow. Um, wow. We are grasping for straws, aren't we? No, I don't even know what that means half the time. <sighs> it just means I'm desperate for something, I guess. Um, I guess that's what I do, grasp for straws when I make opinions on wild shows, too. Nudge, nudge. That's a little shot at someone, but I'll leave that alone. That's inside the joke there. T.J. Watt with a couple of stack, tada, sacks. For the Steelers, ta 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 T.J. Watt. Um, so congratulations to him and the Steelers, three and two, and a, a little bit of a tiebreaker business there too in that division there, that black and blue uh, AFC division. Just want to make sure I'm not missing something. Yep, Sarah Sicko on the screen. Yep, it's very distracting because I'm a huge fan of them. I am. Um, I'm admitting it. Atlanta and Houston. Houston's a team that's definitely been stepping up because they have the rookie that's more plug-and-play compared to the uh, number one pick that the Vikings played against last week in Carolina. C.J. Stroud, 250 yards passing, a touchdown. Not a great day, but certainly not bad. He wasn't putting his team in a crappy position. Uh, Desmond Ritter is one of the worst road quarterbacks ever, but he's great at home. Uh, must have played for the 87 Twins. 3-0 and at home. And uh, sucks on the road, basically. 0-2 on the road. That's all you need to know about Desmond Ritter so far. But the Falcons, uh, you know, one of those teams a lot of people thought might kind of be sneaky good this year. They're 3-2, and two, so they're hanging in there. I don't want to hear that phrase the rest of my life. Leave that alone. Kyle Pitts, uh, 87 yards. <laughs> Runs seven catches. Drake London, 78. Blah, blah, blah. 
but uh, not the most exciting game you could ever imagine. Zero stacks for that Atlanta defense, but they, uh, you know, they kind of kept the the Oilers, the Houston Texans, in check, and uh, so on and so forth. Twenty-one to nineteen. Interesting numbers there. <sighs> That's pretty much yeah where we're at at this stage. Carolina, Detroit. Woo wee. We'll get back to that in a minute. Miami Dolphins got to kind of uh, got to got to oil their got to oil those those uh, squeaky parts of their engine, so to speak, and they got back to business playing against an awful Giants team. Yes, the Giants suck. They're they're not good. Um, Daniel Jones did what he did a lot before he got his expensive contract. Uh, attempted twenty passes, completed fourteen of them, threw for about one hundred and twenty yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah, that's Daniel Jones. That's Daniel Jones right there. That's about Daniel Jones. That's all you got to say. Tua threw a multiple interceptions. I don't know why, other than just kind of sloppy. Yeah, I know. I guess this Giants defense, I don't know. It's not that good. Um, Tyreek Hill, peace sign Tyreek Hill with a 69-yard play uh, for a touchdown. 181 total yards in the game on eight catches. So peace sign was out tonight, today anyway. And the Heat, no, the Dolphins, putting the Heat on the Giants. 2-0 at home, 4-1 and overall. The Miami Dolphins absolutely could have some home field advantage come January. And I hope they do, frankly. They're like, uh, they're the AFC's San Francisco 49ers as far as I'm concerned. They're one of those classic classics that uh, you just want to see do well. You know? What a nice pass. Oh, come on. Doggone it. <laughs> Batted away just enough so I couldn't bring it in. It was a Pretty nice throw by uh, Purdy, Mr. Mr. Ultra Relevant, which is what he ended up becoming. Man, it's just the un most unbelievable story of all time if he ends up leading his team to a Super Bowl, and hope he does. Um, great story coming back from old TJ as well, Tommy John. So quite impressive to say the least. Surely, surely there's more here. I'm getting a white screen. But I know Cincinnati won comfortably over the uh, Arizona Cardinals. There we go. I think I'm seeing everything now. Cowboys and Niners. Da-da-da-da-da. I already did that. Plus we got the division. Oh, yeah. Eagles and Rams. Ugh. Jets and Broncos. Yeah, there's a few more games. Doggone it. <laughs> Not at all. These are games that are like, eh. But, well, the Eagles are 5-0. and oh. That is something that's worth conversation. I mean, they're 5-0. and oh. They're 5-0. and oh. And the Niners, hopefully, will be 5-0 and oh after today because... I'm sure as heck not cheering for the Cowboys. Doggone it. That's kind of like the Viking game right there. Ball's batted just enough, and you can't bring in the pass, and that's the Vikings the whole damn game today. Catch the ball. Jeez. Jalen Hurts wasn't that great, but then again, he was he was better than uh, better than a lot of other guys, I suppose. Um, he was efficient overall. It's just the interception that brought his quarterback rating down quite a bit, unfortunately. Uh, to 87.9 with one interception with 303 yards. wasn't that efficient. The Rams' defense is still dangerous uh, at times, and they're winless at home just like us, which is funny. 2-3 and three overall, 0-2 and two at home. The Eagles are just flat-out undefeated, a lot like last year when they were smoking through everybody. Whew. Yeah, the, the Super Bowl will be won in the NFC this year. The NFC wins the Super Bowl this year. I don't know if I talked about that last week, but... I was talking, I was like, I was, you know how you think out loud, you talk to yourself a little bit. Well, okay, most people don't, but sometimes. Or I just kind of have these thoughts in my head during the course of the week. The Eagles, uh, the, yeah, the NFC will win the Super Bowl this year. It's probably going to be the Eagles or the uh, 49ers, as far as I'm concerned. 
that's my uh, first quarter prediction. You know how it's like first quarter report card in this. I I should do that more often. Yeah, like I think that's something new I should bring to the the table. It's like not that important, but what the hell? The, the, the Eagles of the 49ers, one of those two wins the Super Bowl this year as far as I'm concerned. The Chiefs are not going back to back. My Cincinnati pick looks stupid, but I don't know. Most of us thought Cincinnati had a real shot to win the AFC, and I'd still like them to do it, but I don't think they beat the Eagles or the Niners. I just don't. It's going to be between... It's the, your Super Bowl is probably the NFC title game, like a rematch of last year, and God forbid nobody important gets hurt along the way. So, yeah. Uh, Puka Nakua is one of the Rookie of the Years, definitely, but he did have a lost fumble in the game, unfortunately for him. Um, and, and I thought so. I thought he was Hawaiian. At least that's part of his, uh, um, you know, his heritage, so to speak. Uh, he's born in the uh, United States and everything, but you know how we all have different heritages and stuff. Um, Samoa and Hawaiian, that's kind of cool. So anyhow, yeah, he's been one hell of a rookie. Whew, he's definitely come on the scene. Didn't have the game of his life today, that's for sure, but certainly wasn't that bad. 23-14, to 14, comfortable, semi-comfortable win for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, multiple sacks by uh, Hassan Reddick. Good for him. That's the Eagles, of course. And multiple sacks for Jalen Carter. Yeah, very impressive overall day for him. Don't want to say the name Swift, but if it's DeAndre instead of somebody else, I suppose, you know, it's okay. A.J. Brown with 127 yards receiving. And then Dallas uh, Godert with a 117 yards and a TD. Jalen Hurts, again, also ran the ball in, and he's got the most touchdowns of anybody his age in NFL history. Uh, and he might end up having the most rushing, you know, for any quarterback in NFL history, sorry. And uh, he's headed that way. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's headed to some historical numbers as a, a very uh, athletic quarterback who's also a pretty good quarterback as well. He didn't throw for 303 yards just by default. Like, there's some super athletic quarterbacks that just aren't that good at actually throwing the ball. They're more of an athlete, kind of like Justin Fields has been so far throughout his young career. But, uh, well, we'll get back to Justin Fields a little later. Philadelphia, comfortable win. I've babbled enough. You're probably sick of it. Um, probably. Uh, now I'm losing where I was. Uh, there's at least, yeah, I know the Jets and Broncos, apparently that was kind of like a, a brouhaha. Uh, well, we'll talk about be, uh, we'll talk about the Bengals and Cardinals real quick. Bengals finally getting back on track, kind of like uh, Miami did against New York. The Cardinals are not a real good team right now, even though Dobbs has had some moments. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. Burrow much better this week than last, though he does have that, you know, dropped jelly, uh, that that grape jelly dropped out of the peanut butter sandwich for him as well, with that interception on a, you know, which is a little, you know, grape stain on a great day overall for Joe Burrow. Um, Joe Mixon also mustered uh, 81 yards, but it was bell cow type with 25 carries. So obviously trying to run the clock as well, I'm sure. Uh, Jamar Chase, an amazing, 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 amazing day. A first-round pick in most fantasy drafts, I'm sure. He's got to be like your, probably the second pick in the draft for wide receivers. And right now, well, I shouldn't say that because Cincinnati's underachieved as well. But, boy, today I'm sure you'd rather have would have had Jamar Chase than his uh, counterpart from Louisiana State. What an amazing college team that was. And I don't even like Louisiana. I don't like LSU at all, but... That year, it was easy to like them when you consider who they had. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. God, that is insane. 
insane. I mean, every time I think about Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, I'm like, do you realize those guys were college teammates with Justin Jefferson? Wow. Uh, there's a reason why they won the Natty. Anyhow, Zach Ertz, who played with the Eagles like six years ago and won the Super Bowl, um, still with the Cardinals hanging on. Crazy. Did I? Yeah, the Cardinals. Um, I don't know. Cincinnati, though, it's nice to see them play well. They won by two scores, 34-20, to 20, two full scores. And uh, good to see Cincinnati getting back on track. Trey Hendrickson with a major notable here. Two and a half sacks in the game. Good for him. But Jamar Chase was definitely Mr. Bengal. He was the he won the Jamar Chase Award, uh, which might be the Joe Burrow Award someday if uh, the Bengals win the Super Bowl and all that. Hopefully uh, Joe Burrow can do that. And I did pick them to do it. Maybe I will be right, though I doubt it. Teams that Two teams that will absolutely not win the Super Bowl this year. They just won't. Um, they have won the Super Bowl before, but they're not going to do it this year. The Jets and the Broncos. Robert Sala, the only uh, Lebanese head coach ever. Um has a pretty solid win over a very underachieving Denver Broncos team, but I don't know. I'm not all that surprised that things aren't working out. Apparently, Russell Wilson, after a big fumble, getting an earful from uh, Sean Payton. Zach Wilson is just a placeholder at that position at this stage. Quarterback rating of 30... No, that's the QBR. It's pathetic. It's even worse with Russell Wilson, though. Um, 78.8 quarterback rating, mediocre at best. One INT, 200 yards passing, was actually efficient in, in his uh, completion percentage. Um, so that's good and everything. Um, but Brees Hall, Brees Hall definitely was the, the star of the Jets in a lot of ways. Eight yards a carry, 177 total yards rushing. Not pass, not receiving, but rushing. Uh, and um, a touchdown. Brees Hall also managed 17 yards receiving, which got him just under 200 for the day. Impressive. 200 total yards for the day. Randall Cobb had one target. That's it. Uh, whatever. Um, but the New York Jets defense, which is Robert Sala's specialty, very good. He was the former 49ers, San Francisco 49ers uh, defensive coordinator when, um, you know, they would have, could have, should have won and gone to the Super Bowl and won it and all that cool stuff. It's a damn shame that they didn't actually. But uh, I still remember seeing Robert Sola on those sidelines for the San Francisco 49ers. Yep, yep, yep. Denver Broncos, not good. <laughs> not good at all. Um, now we can get to the uh, NFC North roundup very quickly here. Too much battling tonight, Joey. Shame on you. I can't seem to help myself. Um, Bears and Commandas, holy cow. Thursday Night Football. Who won the game? In Washington, D.C. A, a decent Washington Commanders team, right? The Bears are tanking, in a lot of people's opinion. They're falling off the face of the earth. Justin Fields shows up, looks more like Steve Young. Looks more like Steve Young. Probably not, but looks like, well, no. His completion percentage wasn't there, but he was getting the job done, generally speaking. Completion percentage, not like Steve Young, but overall efficiency in the game, very much there. Oh, man, 9.7 yards on, on average for Justin Fields. That's off the charts. Four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Zero interceptions. Quarterback rating 125.3. Amazing day. Not to mention DJ Moore was the recipient, uh, recipient of Justin Fields' excellence against a pretty good commander's defense. 230 yards on eight catches for three touchdowns. Ah, there's anybody that would have randomly put DJ Moore in their lineup or the, uh, who happened to have, you know, have him in your lineup, like what the heck, you know, let's see what happens. Wow. You were probably like, yeah, 
us, you're probably having a lot of fun. And again, I haven't played fantasy football in about a decade. I do play all the others, but football is so random and unfair. Like, imagine having Justin Jefferson today, how pissed off you are. You're probably pissed, aren't you? And then this guy over here with DJ Moore just rolled you into the ground. Yeah, that's about how you'd feel. That's about it. Sam Howell is actually pretty respectable. He almost threw for 400 yards. He also was playing from behind. I guess the Bears team, that was walloping them. Um, this was the NFC title game, wasn't it? In, nope, that was against the Rams. I think this might have been an NFC title game along the way, though. Maybe when the Commanders went to the Super Bowl, the, uh, you know, watching the Redskins against a pretty good Bears team that stayed good for a while, just didn't go back to the Super Bowl, damn it. But they were very competitive for the entire 80s, for the most part, particularly 85 on to about 89, you know, the second half of the 80s, per se. Um, and uh, you'll definitely hear that from old Jim McMahon as well. Like, that team easily could have won multiple Super Bowls. It's a doggone shame that they didn't. It is. They were so good. I mean, the 80s are a lot of reason why I, I have this extra little wink-wink, nudge-nudge respect for the Chicago Bears more than any other team in the NFC North. That's why I always kind of glow when I talk about the Bears when they have a good game. That's why. Because I, I love the 1980s. And teams like Washington used to piss me off like you couldn't believe. Especially the 87 NFC title game. Just pissed me off, man. Breaks your heart. It's my, It was kind of like my first impression with football and the Minnesota Vikings because the Twins had recently won the World Series. So I was finally starting to get interested in sports in 1987 uh, after watching them beat the Detroit Tigers in the ALCS. So we'll see. Hopefully the Twins can come back and beat the uh, sappy and crappy uh, Houston Astros. Ugh. Packers and Raiders will be playing tomorrow night. So no Packers conversation on this episode. That was the Bears. I jumped ahead. Okay, well whatever. I screwed up. <laughs> Imagine that. It's like, oh, we're playing the Lions next week. No, we are playing the Bears. Duh. I just some kind of mental, yeah, whatever. Well, the Bears finally won their first game. The Lions continue to win. 4-1 uh, and one now on the season. Comfortable win, doubling up the Carolina Panthers, dropping them to 0-5, who want the number one pick again. Threw for three touchdowns at Bryce Young, but a couple of interceptions. Jared Goff, like almost a perfect game for him. Just beautiful. And uh, only attempted 28 passes as well. David Montgomery, another great game. The former Bear, under nine yards and a touchdown. The, uh, yep, and then Jared Goff also ran for a touchdown. Very cool. A couple of TD receptions for Sam Laporta and Josh Reynolds for him, one. But overall, the Detroit team that looks like uh, they are the cream of the crop in the NFC North, and they deserve the accolades they've been getting. They do. Um, and Jared Goff has been to the Super Bowl before for a very epic L.A. Rams offense. And he was a part of that epic offense. And then something changed. Things just kind of started, to, I don't know, people started to solve Jared Goff and started to make him uncomfortable and he started to stink a little bit. And they moved on from Jared Goff and won the Super Bowl right away with uh, the Detroit quarterback. <laughs> and you know what? I mean, that's just kind of how things go there. Um, the next thing you know, Jared Goff is starting to figure it out there in Detroit. He's starting to mature and become a, a really nice player. Um, and it's nice to see him get that second chance. And with all teams, all teams you could ever imagine, the Detroit Lions, incredible. Absolutely crazy. It's working out. And Dan Campbell, of all people, everybody made fun of him about the whole kneecap statement in his uh, introductory press conference. But deep down, looks like he's a football coach. And good for him. 
It's like the whole time I kept thinking, you know, I like this guy. And and if I'm saying it, I'm sure players in that locker room are saying that as well. There's just, there's something about him that is, that that clicks. And good for him. Uh, unfortunately, they're a division rival. That's the crappy part. And they're sure of a hell of a lot, uh, are a hell of a lot tougher opponents as Dan Campbell got there, even when they stunk at the beginning um, than they were with the previous coach who was pathetic, absolutely pathetic. The Vikings were undefeated against him. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, okay, yeah, look, he, uh, he, he kneeled down twice. That's why you see multiple carries. Yep, yep, that's right. He basically went out there to kneel in victory formation. Congratulations, Detroit. I'd rather see you win than the Green Bay Packers. Now back to my NFC North darlings outside of Minnesota, the Chicago Bears, who aren't probably going to win a whole lot of games, but still a very impressive victory for the Bears. I'm not going to go as deep into history, and I kind of already did with my babbling just a few minutes ago with this team. Justin Fields obviously is a threat, and he was a threat last year at times that the Vikings were successful sweeping the Bears. Uh, the all-time record between these clubs, the Vikings lead. The Vikings lead 65-57, to and two ties over the course of time. Uh, I forget how crappy things started. Yeah, we did win the opening game all-time, 37-13, to and I believe that might have been the first or second game in Vikings history. It was a shocker. Shocked the whole world. And then 52 to, yeah, the Vikings had a lot of awful games against the Bears after that, um, including their, our first tie with them was in 1963. We've been in the same division the whole time. The second tie was in 67. The Vikings had like three wins, including that very first one, up to 65, and then it lasted all the way. The, yep, we had three wins. Or we got our third win against them in 65. Our fourth win didn't come until 69. And there's a lot of red L's along the way. And then those turned into green W's during the Purple People Eaters era as we kind of went from into the late 60s into the into the 70s. And my goodness, there was a lot of wins for Minnesota, and that's a lot of reasons why the Vikings have an all-time lead. Even in the early 80s, the Vikings still dominated the Bears, and then come 83 till 86, the Vikings lost six in a row to an excellent, elite Chicago Bears team. Huge shocker that the Vikings got swept by that Bears club. Uh, competitive performance in September of 85, but in uh, October of 85, the Bears put the Vikings in their place. Bud Grant's final season coming back one year before handing the reins to Jerry Burns in 86. A very good Vikings team, by the way, in 86 and 87. But unfortunately, not as good as the Bias or the Washington Deadskins either. Um, Vikings, shockingly, were shut out by the Bears, right, in 86? <laughs> My God, we mustered single-digit points in a. Uh, we mustered nine. Yep, over a four-game stretch from uh, October '85 until October '87, the Vikings had the Vikings scored nine points. I'm looking at this wrong. No, no, I'm looking at it right. Nine points in in, in '85, in October '85, October '86, zero. October again, 7, and then November 7. <laughs> Man, that's just funny. So single-digit points, and then the, things got more competitive in the 90s. It was kind of fun to watch. Late 80s or into the 90s, kind of a back and forth. Vikings did kind of sort of dominate the Bears for a little bit, particularly 94 when we swept a pretty uh, competitive Bears team, and we all know what happened after that uh, when the Vikings got slaughtered. On New Year's Day, Warren Moon at the helm, and some guy named Steve Walsh was quarterback, and he's a St. Paul native, I believe. 
Uh, the Bears wallop the Vikings in a very disappointing year when the Vikings acquired Warren Moon. Wow, it's going to be completely different now. We have a real quarterback, and then we did a whole lot of nothing. We were actually worse. Uh, we were more competitive with Jim McMahon, a 9-7 club, against the New York Giants team on the road. Then we were at home against the Bears team that barely made the playoffs. Bull crap. Anyhow, let's move very quickly here. I apologize. But definitely a colored, colored history between these teams back and forth. The Bears got really good in the early 2000s for a minute there. Dick Duran had a, some, some good seasons, but unfortunately they didn't go all the way. Bears kicked our butts in 90s, or 06, pardon me. Well, they didn't kick our butts, so they beat us in both of the games en route to their next Super Bowl appearance. Unfortunately, they got throttled by the Indianapolis Colts. Another huge losing streak came up when the Bears got real competitive again in the late 2000s uh, into the early 2010s. And the Vikings were pathetic in 2010, 11, and 12. Well, 12, we were okay, sorry. Um, we actually beat the Vikings, We ended, or the Bears. We ended a five-game losing, six-game losing streak to the Bears, including that devastating loss in Chicago where Devin Aroma Shadu got like 153 yards on us and helped prevent the Vikings getting home field advantage over the Saints. We all know how that turned out. Since then, it's been kind of some win streaks, some losing streaks. We've had a couple of three-game win streaks, a four-game losing streak in 18 and 19. We got swept by that pretty good Bears team that unfortunately couldn't get out of the first round in the Matt Nagy era. Um, and then since then, since 2020, the Vikings are 4-0 against the Bears. Well, since the end of 2020 and 21 and 22, and then the last time we've won four games in a row against the Bears. Comfortable wins last year, and so on and so forth. So, um, yep, this is Bears week for the Minnesota Vikings coming up. This one will be in Soldier Field. It is a nooner on Fox, so that's cool. So back to noon, which I'm happy about. And then we have a night game. I believe that's Monday night. Yep, ABC. That's definitely Monday night against San Francisco in U.S. Bank Stadium. So we'll talk about that next week. And those are probably the hardest ones to do game reviews for, or the Monday night ones. Like Thursday, you still got the whole weekend to do it. Monday, well, well, I got to find a way to piece it in during the during the week. And it's doable. I'll, I'll do my best to try to get that done um, Tuesday night or something. That's probably what I'm going to have to do. Oftentimes those get the lowest numbers for that reason because it's just, I don't know, they're like, ah, who cares what Joey has to say at this point? <laughs> Sadly. Um, the Vikings should be able to beat the Bears. At least I'd like to believe so. Obviously, Justin Fields is a threat. He gave the Vikings a hard time last year for the most part. It was a very epic, entertaining battle. It's a new season. Obviously, it's not last year anymore. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know why this isn't popping up. Um, but Fields definitely gave us a hard time last year, from what I remember. Very well. I remember he was running all over us and he was completing some passes. I guess the, that Donishell defense, that was pitiful. Um, this Is this the same game, though? I think it was. Yeah, the Vikings and the Bears had opposite records. No, this is the Nathan Peterman game. That's not the one I wanted. So that was the second one where, the yeah, the Bears didn't give a crap. They were just like, hell with it. Um, this is the one. Yeah, the earlier, yeah, October 9th. Basically like an anniversary just about of this one. Uh, or of today, anyway. Um, yeah, 208 yards passing, and he completed 15 of 21, only attempted 21 passes. It was the, yeah, he ran over the Vikings a few times. Fields didn't have a great game, but he was, he was hitting passes that a lot of people were like, geez, how was he able to do that against us? Like, shouldn't we be better? What the heck? But, um, 
I remember Fields being better than this. What the heck? But still efficient and was a threat on occasion and was completing some passes that surprised us a little bit, I'd have to say. Um, I remember Fields being better. I'm kind of confused right now looking at this. Like, I thought he was better than that. Yeah, because Andy Dalton of the Bears, and we actually finally beat Andy Dalton. <laughs> Andy Dalton even played for Chicago for a little bit. So that's another immaculate grid type of guy right there. Bears, Cowboys, uh, Bengals, blah, blah, blah. So Bears and Bengals, there you go. Andy Dalton <laughs> for your immaculate grid if that pops up. Um, and Bengals and all them. So anyhow, <laughs> Andy Dalton could be one of those immaculate grid stars for you. Um, along with a few other guys, like uh, I forgot the guy's name now. Doggone it. That famous uh, backup quarterback who made a lot of money for many years. I think he still played last year. It was crazy. But we'll get off of that. He's played for like 10 teams or something. Um, but Justin Fields, obviously a, th a threat. DJ Moore, I would hope he's not going to get 200 yards against the Vikings, but the secondary has been disappointing. Uh, they were better at times, but now the defensive line's actually doing something, and now the secondary sucks. It's kind of like a back and forth. with that. It's a seesaw battle with the Vikings defense. Okay, the defensive line finally is playing better with Davenport, and the, uh, you know, <laughs> it's so frustrating. And and, and then now the, the defensive backs are, are sucking really bad, and they pretty much are, and they're not bringing in the interceptions that you were hoping to get. So, um, I don't expect a 40-point shellacking from the Bears. I'd be very surprised. In fact, I think they go back down to earth next week, even in Chicago. This could be a loss for the Vikings, though. That's the sad part. As disappointing as the Vikings team has been this year, they could lose this game. That's the whole funny part about all this. Khalil Herbert, 76 yards on the ground. Fields obviously can be a threat, particularly against the, the Vikings defensive line, which occasionally isn't ready to go. But if you have a healthy Davenport ready to show up, and be a, be a problem for Justin Fields. I think the Vikings should be able to win a ugly, semi-low-scoring game and get the job done. I'm going to predict a final score, well, kind of low-scoring, um, because I don't trust their offense. They're not as good as we thought. 27-24. It's going to be stupid and frustrating, but the Vikings will emerge victorious. 27-24 against the Bears team that's been, you know, mediocre at best to say the least. Oh, well, obviously below average, but the Vikings offense has been mediocre at best. In fact, flat, flat out disappointing. Will the Vikings fumble to start off the game again? <laughs> Until they say otherwise, probably. But uh, <laughs> I hope not. Just for their own sake. Um, it sounds like the Vikings, if the season ended today, would pick fourth overall. So that would be okay. Maybe we'll pick even higher if things continue the way they're going. Um, so it's disappointing. Sorry for the lip snapping. I keep doing that. With that said, the yeah, Vikings emerged victorious. We won our second game of the season against the Bears team that, you know, the players want to win, the coaches want to win, but management is, is like probably still kind of hanging in there like, let's try to get a couple more high picks and then uh, work our way towards it. But the players show up to play and the Vikings could easily, very easily lose next week. Um, they are, the Bears are winless at home, so that's another conversation to talk about. So are the Vikings. So we'll see what happens. It could be a very similar game to Carolina, where it's just a team that's not good, and the Vikings aren't good either, but they're slightly better because of our overall talent. With that said, we'll take a quick break and come back and hear from Dave Hickey. He's returning to the airwaves with a call-in that I should have had on last week. So unfortunately, it's dated to last week, 
and I just didn't see it in time. So I deeply apologize to Dave Hickey out of Iowa, as he will have the floor opening up segment number three, Fan Interaction, after this. This message goes out to Joey Wygen and the Purple Mafia. It's Dave Hickey. So far this season has sucked and I was really looking forward to it with Brian Flores. I felt he, I feel he's a really good coach and coupled with a 13 win season last year, I thought we were much better shape. The season has is still young, but my confidence in this team is at zero. The v- defense still still looks like crap, and a lot of it has to do with Quasi's draft picks. I'm a firm believer in the fact that you build from the inside out. Our defensive and offensive lines are a mess. Unless you have an athletic quarterback, which Kirk is definitely not. Last season, I thought he was actually coming out of his shell and being a leader uh, instead of a loser in all these close games. But looks like he's regressed, although he's really putting up a lot of stats, but not the wins. I put uh, the blame on the coach and the GM for a far below average supporting cast. They have a few stars, but other than that, I think they really need some new blood in the in the scouting department. Kirk did make a, a mistake late in the Chargers game, not spiking the ball. It was a uh, an expensive weekend for us, but it was fun and just another loss. So far, the Vikings are one and four with me attending the attending the games. The only win I saw live was the last game at the Metrodome. They barely beat the Lions. What I mean is, I won't be attending any more games. They are pricing the average guy out of going to games. $700 for two of us, about the 15-yard line, second deck. Too freaking much. And there's no better seat than at home. I'm watching the Panther game right now. And as usual, they're making mistakes early again. Cousins pick six after a holding call that took away a JJ TD. And now, finally, they get on, on the board with the JJ TD. More freaking turnovers while they are in the red zone. Finally, we get a ball to bounce our way for a Wanham TD. So I say for a Tarkenton Award to JJ and the Viking defense and especially Harry the Hitman. 
Good thing I wore my jersey, 22, and we finally got a win. Skull, Joey, and the Mafia members. And I thank you so much for that call-in, Dave. That was great. That was a great call-in, and it's, it's been quite a while. Uh, I'm not sure how far back we're talking. Yeah, so keep, keep, keep them coming. That was really nice. Uh, Dave Hickey out of Iowa, and a lot of great points, of course, including the cost of going to a game, and plus the team kind of showing up the way they did against the Chargers. I can't even imagine that Hawkinson getting all that bleeping money and fumbling the bleeping ball on the first bleeping play pretty much of the game or first drive or whatever. I believe it was like the first play of the game. Um, and then today against the Chiefs, you know, think of how much money people probably paid for that. But, yeah, $700 for two people. I, I, I just <sighs> I just shudder thinking about that. I'm the podcast host of the Vikings. People might think, oh, Joey's going to games all the time. No, I'm not. Nope, no, I'm, I, uh, well, first of all, I think it's a lot easier if you want to, like, be able to comment on the game like Dave did there when you're, uh, it's a lot easier to comment on the game when you're able to watch on TV. Now, of course, there are some aspects of being in person that are helpful, which way back in the day, I probably would have been an awesome podcaster for Timberwolves Explosion when I used to be a season ticket holder because you can see stuff that people, you know, when the camera's not on people, you can see some interesting interactions going on in the course of the game. I, I miss that, but uh, $700 is to a point of insanity. Like, you could get, back then, in the early 2000s, $700 actually was probably more than what I paid for a full season with the Timberwolves, like 40 games or whatever it was. Think about that. So when you put that in perspective, when it's just one game, you and your you and your wife, uh, it's just like 700 bucks. Seven, and it probably doesn't even include food, I'm, I'm guessing. Or maybe it does, I don't know. But plus, you had to travel from Iowa. You know, that's a long road trip. A lot of time and effort. Plus, again, the fact, like, even if you live in the Twin Cities, like Golden Valley, Minnesota, which is very close to, you know, the city of Minneapolis, still, it's it's a lot of work with the, the traffic. It's a lot of work with the parking. It's a lot of work with uh, getting to your seat. It's a lot of work just going to the bathroom quick or something. You know, I mean, it's just, uh, it's 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 a lot of stress. Though you do get to see a brand new uh, stadium. I'm sure that's awesome. And a lot of people do love that, but... Uh, heck, at a young at a young age of 44, I'm too old for that bleep, and, and that's sad to say. Um, there's probably people in their 70s at the games on a regular basis, but some people like to be around crowds, and some of us just simply don't. Uh, so yeah, uh, big big point there. And of course, just how how the team is the turnovers and all that stuff. How Cousins looked like a decent leader last year at times, and then of course curled in his shell on the final play of the season. Like didn't that figure? And then this year, he's been that curl-up-in-a-shell guy pretty much ever since. So, great, 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 great point. That was a really good call-in. Uh, I'm, I'm being very sincere when I say that. Um, that was good. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Uh, so we'll continue. And, yeah, I mean, if I just rehash everything, you might be like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not, yeah, like some, sometimes you just deserve the floor and then let, uh, yep, let you have, have, have the floor, quite simple, rather than me just rehashing everything um let's get to twitter or x or whatever it's called i believe it's x yeah it is i'm just playing around didn't realize i had two windows open yeah but dave hickey with on, on twitter as well today he is uh, definitely shooting for that gold star 
I would uh, say he's got a pretty good chance at it. Trenches matter most. Yep, that was the most recent episode. Purple Mafia, 407. Trenches matter most. Gerald String. Yep, there's some likes. Sam Gupta, there he is. There he is. Yep, Sam Gupta out of California. Hey, great to hear from you. Says, and he's a Purple Mafia Hall of Famer, just like Dave Hickey is, by the way. Um, thanks, as always, for cranking these out so quickly after game wraps. And yep, you're always welcome, for sure. See, and that's the thing. Even though I may have launched the Facebook page, which is really devastating and sucks, we'll see if it ever comes back. The fact that a lot of you guys that are like the legendary pillars of this show are still around, it's just, you know, it's so cool. Like on X or on Instagram, it is so nice. And thank God for Instagram to pop up as well. Where I could get, uh, uh, I can hear from Mark and uh, Mike Dale, Mark Carlson, Mike Dale, and some others on there. It's so cool. And uh, those of you out there, like the Jerry Hickses, uh, um, why am I forgetting so many? You know, I, I, I'm like, I'd like to hear from Cedric Paulding, um, War Damn Eagle, in, in case you're listening. Cedric Paulding, uh, Auburn fan and, and Minnesota Vikings fan. I think he's a New York Knicks fan in basketball. I think so. Seemed like he was a Warriors fan for a while, though. <laughs> Sam might be too. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, just in case you want to tell me, Sam, uh, what's your favorite basketball team? Maybe your favorite hockey and baseball too. I'm always curious when people are coming in out of California. Maybe you like all the Minnesota teams or you have a specific uh, California team because there's teams to choose from there. So obviously the Dodgers and the Giants and the blah, 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 blah. So you get the idea. I believe there's five baseball teams to choose from, right? So <laughs> they stole two of them out of all places, New York which is funny. The Giants and the Dodgers. It's freaking funny. Um, Gerald String and Vince Germano also retweeted the show just like uh, Tene Brown out of New Zealand, Gerald String out of out of South Dakota. Excuse me. And Vince Germano out of Australia, mate. Yep, okay. And here's someone who's kind of not, not too happy with my statement. And Yeah, it's okay. I was saying, after the Vikings game this week, I'm boycotting. I'm, yeah, I'm probably going to retract on this anyway, but eh, I just don't like him, damn it. After the Vikings game this week, I'm, I am boycotting the Kansas City Chiefs the rest of the season, unless it's the Super Bowl, wherein I would be emphatically rooting against this uh, against said Chiefs team. I'm done with this media circus. Go away. Um, most people agree with that, I would think, but of course, there's always the one person, there's always the few that don't, and those are the ones that respond, which is totally figures. Like, it's, you know, like Ted Williams used to say that there could be 50,000 fans in the stadium cheering for him, but he'd always hear the one that's booing. And that's kind of what this is right here. Fozzie Simon is booing me right now. He says, yes, may the gods forbid football being fun. What does your boycott mean? You're a Vikings fan. It's not like you're saving up for a Kelsey jersey. At least I hope not. And no, of course not. Um, I, I don't need a fire starter for that. I've, I've got plenty of fire starters from, uh, you know, and I can get Kindles in the yard by just picking up sticks and stuff. But anyhow, I mean, watch what you want. But good Lord, man, live and let live. Skull. Well, at least you ended it with the skull. Um, I don't know. Does that really, does, does that really make football fun, having the media circus with Taylor Swift, of all people? I don't know, and partially I, I probably have a little bit extra angst for the whole Taylor Swift media nonsense because in the summer she came here, you know, and, you know, for a concert, you know, there was a concert here in the summer and everyone went crazy over it. So it's like 
shut up, go away, I don't want to hear about her anymore. And then here we go with the Travis Kelsey nonsense to open up the season. And it's like, oh, Lord, not again, please. Here's another thing. I think, like, was it 10 years ago? No, like eight years ago or so. My wife happened to bump something. My wife happened to put up a Taylor Swift uh, video on the smart TV for a split second, like music video. And right away, it was like, oh, my God, turn that off. I can't stand it. It's the most obnoxious garbage. It was, and it's like the, see, because I don't pay attention to modern music much because I, I think it's terrible. I don't know who's who. Like, I don't know which song is who right away unless I, I learn about it right uh, from someone or Shazam or something. And then to realize, oh, my God, that obnoxious song that I hear, that's Taylor Swift. So right away, I'm not a fan. So now that I've spent enough time on that, I apologize. I was telling the guy, you find Taylor Swift on the screen every couple of minutes during a football game fun. And I'm like, that's, that was my response. He responds, that doesn't bother me. I find it a little, uh, I find it, uh, I find a little lightheartedness fun, which is what this is. It's lighthearted and harms none. Um, it's lighthearted though. I, I don't know. Is it really lighthearted to go to her every couple of minutes? I don't know. Luckily we didn't have to do that. And now I just talked about it more than I should have. Anyhow, I was ranting about TJ Hawkinson and Mad Martin responds with looking like a waste of money. And I was saying huge waste. He says, absolutely. But let's be honest here. I would say good teams don't turn the ball over and over and over and over. And that's for damn sure. I was saying that's the number one issue. It's like we dig ourselves a hole before the uh, we even start the uh, half of the games we play. Mad Martin with a really good one here. Like, I love this. Again, Mad Martin's coming out of northern Scotland. He was saying, how can they be so bad? This has to stop. Vikings first drives this year. And this is, of course, all uh, five games now. The first game, we punted. The second game, we fumbled. The, second, the third game, we fumbled. The fourth game... 100-yard pick six. And the fifth game, fumble. This game is fucking horrible! As you heard the AVGN there commenting his thoughts on it. Uh, there's another one out there that I'm going to probably have to get. If I, if I can remember which video it was on where he's like, that is some F. But he says the word. Yeah, I don't feel like saying the word out of my own mouth. I'll let the nerd say the F-bombs, I guess, on this show. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Yeah, that is some bleep when you think about that. that. Those are the opening drives of all five games. The first one, punt, that's lame and frustrating. I think it was, a, yeah, it was a three and out. It was like it was like every weekend. It's Saturday morning, it's Sunday night. Oh, crap. No. That's kind of what it was like. It was like your typical weekend, like back to work. I don't want to. But then the fumble, fumble, 100-yard pick six, and fumble. <sighs> One and four. I mean, that's all you can say. One and four. It's freaking terrible. I was saying it's a sign of another lost season. Matt Barton says, again, agree. Well, if nothing, consistency is important. First play is a lost fumble because, well, what else could, could it be with this team? I was saying it's literally comical at this point because it's multiple times now with multiple tight ends. It's like we can't believe what we're seeing. Mad Martin wraps up that uh, thread saying, it's either laugh or cry. I'm taking the first one. I cannot take this team seriously anymore. Absolutely. Uh, me, me neither. I, I can't take him seriously. Absolutely. Ah, uh, there I go, snapping my lips again. What was I saying? Okay, nope, Mad Martin started this thread. He says, field goals are not going to get this done. Another poor, ra yeah, 
See, we, we can't do Jack. We can't do Jack. And that was after the, yeah, the KJ Osborne miscommunication. And that's happened multiple times this year, along with uh, Kirk Cousins. and Yeah, Kirk Cousins and KJ Osborne. The chemistry is not there anymore. It's gone. It's gone. Whatever chemistry was there two years ago and into last year, the KJ clutch in 21, and then a really strong second season last year, um, the KJ clutch touchdown against Carolina a couple years ago in OT. That was beautiful. Um, and a lost season there, too. But um, this feels like this might be one of those really bad years, though, where maybe we just might end up firing Quasi at the end of the year. Very possible. Dave Vicky out of Iwija jumps in and says, Freaking fumblest Vikings and stupid turnover by the Vikings. They just keep making mistakes. Yes, they do. Mad Martin says, what a nice play, but the third quarter was painful. And I believe that was that fake punt. Yep, that's what it was. Yep, and I was saying, BS, if that's not pass interference, I don't know what is. Yep, that was the one with uh, Addison, yeah. Addison and Sneed, I, think, I don't understand. Uh, Dave Vicky says, amen, amen, brother. The officials screwed us big time on this one. I think so, too. Um, and uh, Vikings uncensored, uncensored podcast like that one. Yep. Uh, Skull Vikes. This was something with Phil Mackey. Phil Mackey actually said something. That's, of course, Phil Mackey of Score North fame. Uh, yep. Phil Mackey says, I'm a KOC guy, but needing to burn, well, yep. Needing to burn three timeouts before the nine-minute mark of the fourth quarter is all-time chaos. And yeah, that's the other thing with Kirk Cousins and KOC. It's just too much panicking and too much just just poor clock management, poor execution. It's a team that you can't take seriously. Like Mad Martin said, we can't take them seriously. Could that be the title of the episode? But for now, I'm going to go with Pranksters because that's one that is more of a general thing. And well, it's going to be a title of an episode sometime this season, I'm sure. Um... But for now, it feels like they're pranking us. Um, Phil Mackey continues, could, and he's not talking to me, unfortunately. I wish he was. Some people get responses from these big-time hosts. Uh, Phil Mackey says, could also criticize Vikings for extra point after the last touchdown. Analysts suggest go for two, make it a six-point game. That's only needing one more score to uh, beat a dynasty rather than two. I would hope that the... Um, Chiefs aren't a dynasty, but I don't know, I, I guess. Uh, Dave Vicky says, agree, KOC making lots of Zimmer-like coaching decisions, and that's not good. Skull Vikes responds to all of us saying, usually agree with you, but KOC is a play call, uh, as a play caller is a disaster. Great hype mouthpiece for the team, but bad coach. It's kind of sad to, sad to say, but it sure feels that way, doesn't it? That would be Skull Vikes, let's uh, uh, gritty, and he does follow Purple Mafia, so he's following me and Phil Mackey and some others as well. Quite a few others, actually. Interesting. It's actually a pretty popular Twitter. Dave Hickey, yep. Dave Hickey was saying, I'm, uh, yep, I'm a big believer in Hawkinson being an, yep, remember that? Yep, being an Iowa fan. He was a great Hawkeye. Um, but he at least cost us the Chargers game and quite a few other plays, too. And now again against the Chiefs. Damn. And uh, looks like there's two Dave Hickeys. There's It's David Hickey and Dave Hickey, but it's, it's the same guy, I'm pretty sure. It's just multiple Twitter accounts. Um, yeah, so that is the end of the Twitter. Thank you, guys. And the At Purple Mafia Show, similar with Instagram, I'm going to have to use the smart device for this one because uh, it doesn't work real good on the web, unfortunately. Yeah, so at, uh, it's basically Purple Mafia Show. 
I don't know if it's at or just Pro Mafia Show itself, but uh, that's how it shows up on Instagram. That's our new uh, way to have some conversations here. I'm getting running into something. Some, yeah, more BS here. Scooter scooted. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. Apologize. Okay, Instagram. Humanly possible here. I'm sorry for the delays. Yep, okay. So, two posts. There's like the in-game thread and the post-game thread. And it's always now you're getting this public stuff that I don't really want to see. I think there was... Yep, okay, yeah. See, this is where it's a good idea to check, like I used to do on Facebook. Occasionally, people comment... When I post up the new show, like, yep, the show's out. You know, like I used to, yeah, and then there's a comment. So I, I may have skipped one in the past, but I won't this time. Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, uh, trenches matter. You said it, Joey. And, yep, that was another thing Dave Hickey said as well, how important it is. Um, yeah, it really is important. And that was before I said it on the show last week. So, yeah. Um, no one is jumping up and down about this game against a weak team. That would be the Carolina Panthers. They barely beat them. Well, okay, let's get back in the fight for victory number two. All right, just hope they play the next team as... What just happened? Okay, I see, I see how you do this. Hey, nabbit. This is confusing. I want to make sure I'm clicking on the right thing. Okay, yeah, because that, that's how it continues. It's kind of weird. Let's just hope they play the next team as well as the Jets did for a while. And another comment. The NFC has some... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The NFC has some very strong teams, and the Vikings are not one of them. The Lions are 3-1. and one. In fact, this Vikings team is... And, and now they're 4-1. and one. Yep. This Vikings team is almost the bottom of the barrel as far as win-losses are concerned. Only the Panthers and Bears are worse off. So this year, it's starting to feel like 2011. Yep, I feel. Yep. Great episode, Joey. Thank you so much, Mark. Uh, also, good to hear the call-in from Gerald Skoll. Yeah, so these are like Purple Mafia heritage royalty type people. When you're talking about Mark Carlson, Gerald String, and Dave Hickey. I mean, that's, yeah. These are Purple Mafia heritage type people. Yep. So another comment. Uh, early last week, late last week, or early this week, late last week, so to speak. Monday Night Football comment. And yes, you're more than welcome to do this as often as you like, by the way. Because I, I think it's fun. Um, hey, Joey, no doubt you watched the Monday night game Seahawks and Giants. Yeah. And and you've said this before, and I agree with with it, but tonight it became a sore. I am way past tired of players making a big, yeah, a big show about whatever took place in the field and celebrating like it was a... Celebrating like it was a scarier when it wasn't my wife... What am I saying? A big show about whatever took place in the field and celebrating it like it was like, you know, like, yeah, like it was the biggest thing ever. When it wasn't, when it, when it wasn't, my wife Cindy happened to see the Seahawks celebrating in the end zone when it was not a touchdown, and she had comments, uh, knowing that my close army friend Steve is a Seahawks fan, and I had to correct her that what she saw was not a touchdown. It was ridiculous, unfounded display in the end zone. Yeah, they do it all the time. Like, one kind of thing, and they got to all run to the other side of the field, basically, and make a huge show. I don't know why people find that entertaining. It's it's kind of dumb. <laughs> Anyhow, nice play. Get get uh, Nice play. Get up and do whatever. 
and go back to the sideline or whatever. Just stop running into the end zone and celebrating like you won the Super Bowl. Reserve the swagger for when you really score, please. Mark from Iowa. Yeah, it's way overplayed. Like, say, an interception or something. It's okay to be happy and excited, but they, yeah, I think they take it way too far. In-game thread. Um, Mark Carlson, again, out of Iowa, says, Skull, Pro Mafia fans, let's play a smart game and give the fans a win this week. No turnovers. And I was like, of course they did. So frustrating. Um, Mark was saying, I don't know what the answer is. The refs did the Vikings wrong. That did not help. That must be yeah, a pen on that. Yep. That's Kelsey or the, uh, no, the um, pass interference. I was saying, yep. And I was saying this and I, nobody liked it on Twitter or on here. Well, actually, somebody liked it here, but on uh, Twitter, nobody liked it. And I don't know. People, most people probably disagree with me. I was saying, I'm realizing more and more how much I dislike Patrick Mahomes. Even his voice is obnoxious, and it really is. Like, when you hear him calling out the player, it's like, ugh, it's an annoying voice. Love him all you want. I'm not a fan. Admit it, 80% of you hated Brady, so I can dislike whomever I want. Yep. Um, yep, Mike Dale says, Jesus wept. <laughs> yep, that's the shortest verse in the Bible. Yep, Jesus wept. They just can't stop fumbling and or turning the ball over. I was saying it's becoming like a cruel prank against us. And it really is. In-game threads done. Post-game threads, not there. So maybe I'll kind of check in next week, I guess, unfortunately. Maybe most of you were just like, bleep this, I'm out of here. Um, yeah, so that's unfortunate. I wasn't too late about it, but I guess the game was late. Maybe you guys got busy with other things like, like Din Din and all that and getting ready for work or whatever the heck you're up to going into the week. So, yeah. I think Mark actually retired at a young age. So, yep. <laughs> yeah, he's not that old, but yep, already like retired. So, good for him. Um, yep. Well, yep. He was. He had a lot going on in his career. So, <sighs> thank you guys so much for the uh, interactions. These were absolutely fantastic. And clearly this team is a huge mess. And I don't know, I've probably repeated myself over and over and over again. And a lot of us have, a lot of us agree on what, what's, uh, ailing this team. Just, yeah, poor execution and can't even hang on to the ball, putting yourself behind the eight ball to start off the game pretty much every freaking week. The gold star of this episode is Dave Hickey. Yep, without a doubt. Uh, and other people deserve it too, but I mean, I'm just saying, Dave Hickey is, is the guy. Like, absolutely great. Uh, um, where do we go from here? Uh, Mad Martin... No, Mark Carlson will bring in the silver. Mad Martin will bring in the bronze. But like a silver plate of bronze because bronze, you're so awesome always. And it's so many. Actually, God, yeah, see, that's why. I'm just going to give out two silvers and no bronze, okay? Or, <laughs> well, actually, we could give the bronze to Mike Dale. Mad Martin, just with this one tweet alone, makes him like a gold-plated silver. Because, I mean, I was thinking that back at the time. This is awesome. Like, it's so, you think about, like, it's it's something that's kind of simple, but no, it's so epic and so telling as to what took place in the first five games of the season. Can I read the tweet again? How can they be so bad? This has to stop. Vikes first, Vikings first drives this year. Punt, fumble, fumble, 100-yard pick sticks, fumble. It, it's, it's so epic. <laughs> it is, it's probably the best tweet of the entire year. The best and the most telling tweet of the entire season. Ah, okay, I see. I think I know what I did wrong here. Quote, not view the quotes, but quote it out. Easily, the 
most epic tweet tweet slash X of the season. It says so much. The, it says so much about the 2023 Vikings. Minnesota Vikings. And that's all you need to know. Boink. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why at bare minimum, you get a gold-plated silver. It's just that, you know, I mean, obviously, Dave Vicky, what a great week. You know, great call-in and a lot of good points as well. Just that right there, though, is the gold star, the platinum star comment of the week. It's just, just, it's so perfectly placed and it's, it's just, it's the whole season in a nutshell right there. It is a big fat F on the, on the first quarter. You know how when we were kids, grade school, middle school, high school, college, whatever the heck. What's college? I don't know. I'm just kidding. But I'm just teasing. Um, but uh, we had our quarterly report cards, right? And you had a, hopefully you had an A here and an A here, and, or a, you didn't have too many Fs. This, this Vikings report card is a flipping F. Like, say, if it's an overall grade, it's an F. Offense, F, defense, F, blah, 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 blah. First drive of the game is like a zero. Just just put a zero. That's what they get. Not even a point. They get a zero. Not even a point. You know how, like, 1%? Yeah, no, zero. Sorry. That's what they got. Um, a bleeping F. An F minus of all, all time. <laughs> all time. That's all you got to say about that. So, with that said, thank you so much for listening. I'm giving myself an F for constantly snapping my lips as well. I apologize. Um, but uh, cause that's poor execution while doing a podcast. With that said, have yourself a wonderful week. Hopefully the Minnesota Vikings get their heads out of somewhere. But if we get a higher draft pick and help this franchise long term, so be it, Jedi. With that said, so take care. Maybe uh, please write a positive rating on Apple Podcasts if you could or any other app that allows you to do so. If we can get the algorithms up and get this show moving in the right direction, <clears throat> where hopefully the Vikings can do the same at some point. Because, yeah, that, you know, that, I don't want this show to spin tires too much more. With that. So take care. Thank you. Join the Facebook page, the X account, this and that. Follow that. Uh, will Facebook come back? We'll see. But Instagram's not going to go away regardless. Take care. God bless. And we'll see you or hear from you in a week.